0: Oh, my Discord server. No.
1: <laughs> my my name on my Discord server says uh uh sexy little baby <laughs> That's my name.
0: Roll while we record <laughs> that would be nice it would be very nice not to listen to the b-roll okay uh yeah cool well should we just jump into it then fuck it my uh, name is fucking david baxter how about you oh my name is johnny bartlett uh no. do we want to say a little bit about ourselves no okay so why are we doing this? Uh in, in a world <laughs> We don't have to explain ourselves with a bourgeoisie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the... Why are we even playing these games? Someone should be playing them for us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, why are we doing this? Uh in 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 a world with forty gazillion gaming podcasts and YouTube and uh, Twitch now, why why, why would we endeavor to make a goddamn podcast a about bit, video games? A little bit of competition out there. <laughs> I might say that the waters are a little bit chummed. Ooh, full of chum. <laughs> Love me some chum waters. Ooh. Some
1: chum as in friends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think chums all over the world, not just in France. Yeah. In fact, I'd argue it's mostly in the oceans. I chum all those waters. I <laughs> can chum every every water in the ocean.
1: Okay. Uh... Um.
0: Well, I I had the idea to start this podcast because we are both theater majors. Yeah. So we're 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 well versed in the world of art, or so we pretend. Oh yeah. And. people don't talk a lot about uh video games and the role they play as an actual artistic creation and what they're saying and doing with society and culture and all that crap
1: yeah one of the big reasons why uh when johnny told me about this project i got really excited was because uh my entire life i've always thought that it'd be really cool if there was a games as literature course like at schools or at college or universities or something, just because I, I always thought that the stories that games have to tell are so unique and they're so completely different than the stories that you could tell with film or any other kind of medium, really, for that matter. Because uh, it it involves a certain level of player engagement that is divorced from everything else. It's, it's so passive for everything else. But you, you're you such an active member of video games that, uh, you know, you're you're like an actor in a play, in a sense, and... Uh, maybe that's why I did theater as well.
0: i <laughs> 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 just, just kind of drawn to that aspect of playing, I guess. Yeah, but, so we, uh, we really want to look at the ideas of games and how they're more than just entertainment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, just to clarify, uh, we are not going to be doing a review show, I don't think. Just because we don't have enough time to do, like, proper reviews here, we're going to be doing this kind of like a book club.
0: Yeah, we're just kind of bringing some stuff to the table, talking about what we liked about these games and what they're saying about society and how they play.
1: Yeah, and at some point, it'd be kind of cool, like, I don't know if we're going to get it for the first one, but, like, I can get some kind of community going, I don't
2: know. Yeah. I mean, maybe we
1: can get, like, a conversation going around these games and sort of, like, the artistic value and the merit and like of, like, all these other ideas that we're
0: coming up with out of our asses. <laughs> <laughs> it's really exciting. It really, really is, honestly. So, yeah, uh, this episode is coming a little late because February's a short month and we didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, we were busy as fuck. We were both involved in a
1: show that was happening uh, towards the end of the month. and I mean, (laughs) of course, fate is
0: that it would happen on the shortest month of the year. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're trying to figure out the workflow and get in the flow of it, but we wanted to get this out anyways because – Even if the bundle is passed, the game still exists, so... Yeah, you
1: can still play these games. You can still buy them. They're still
0: cool. Yeah, and you probably, honestly, are already subscribed to the bundle and just choosing not to play the games like we've been doing for years. (laughs) Well, yeah, here's another thing, is that, like, if you were subscribed to the bundle, like,
1: I often am for these things, and then you just never fucking play the (laughs) games, this is a great way to just, like, get right in there and, like, start... Listening to people who've actually played these things and start, like, figuring out what you might want to play yourself and, like, what you
0: want to get out of the back
1: catalog and all that. Because let's be real,
0: who wants to play 12 games a month? I mean, everyone, honestly, probably, but but who has the time? Who would
1: have the time for that? That's, I mean, yeah.
0: We all work. (laughs) We do. We work a lot. We're going to talk a lot about wage slaves. We're going to be talking about uh, wage slaves, <laughs> Marxism, and uh, Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. You, you just want to popcorn these then for th- what the games this month are? Just a quick rundown before we break into them? Fuck yeah. Let's All do right. it. Uh, so, starting off, Cryofall. Uh, and then we got Under Hero. Frostpunk is up next. Pathfinder Kingmaker. A game called Eliza? A little thing you might have heard of. Okami? Wow. Shenzhen IO is up next. Uh, Nightcaller. Warstone TD. The Hex. Project Warlock. And Book of Demons. Ooh. Those are the 12 options for this month. Of course, you only get nine of them?
1: Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends. Like,
0: if if you're, you know, upper class
1: like me... Then uh you know, you might get like like about ten games a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, just I just don't I don't mean to flex or anything, but if you have a classic subscription like me and you've been subscribed, you know, since before the change from uh, you know, the the humble monthly to the humble choice and all that. And uh yeah, you know, it's pretty legit, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but
0: most of us plebs don't have that. <laughs> Gonna start fucking <laughs> farting up my ass. Uh, uh, all right, should we just dive into this? Yes. Yeah, you think great. we've fucked around and wasted people's time enough? Why does it just say meat right there? <laughs> it's the meat of it. It's the meat and potatoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> we did the <laughs> potatoes <laughs> go into meat now. I was <laughs> looking at our copy and it's just like, why does it say meat right below <laughs> CryoFall? It's the juicy bit, man. All uh, right, this is the, this is the juicy meat part. Let's all right. Get into it. Uh, so first game we're gonna talk about is CryoFall. Uh, the way we did this was. We broke the bundle up in half, and one of us took six games and the other took six other games. Yeah. So we're going to be jumping back and forth to talk about the different games and what we thought of them, and Mm -hmm. maybe learn a little about each other and the games along the way. Wow.
1: You you have very pretty eyes.
0: You can't see my eyes, but they are very pretty. They're green. (laughs) Well, they're hazel.
1: But they're green right
0: now. It's because of the gold. Yeah, it's the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I'm going to take the first one. It was Cryofall, a uh, game by Atomatorch Studio. Uh, This game is very much in the... It, it's a survival game. It plays like Don't Starve or... Don't starve. I I also said that it, it was kind of like at least observing
1: it looked like multiplayer Sturdy Valley a little bit. Yeah,
0: honestly, once you got into the game, it felt less like a survival game and more like a a Civ sort of society building game. And that's what that that that's what I really want to talk about in this game is that um, first it's multiplayer, so you're on a PvP server. I think there were some non-PVP servers, but it didn't really matter. I found. <laughs> <laughs> it has the same problem that Fallout 76 has. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was very friendly, like, surprisingly friendly. No one ganked anyone well, or killed each other. I, I shouldn't say problem, because it's not necessarily a problem, is it? it no. It's kind of cool. I Yeah, I think there's something really charming about being presented the opportunity to, like, kill and screw over other people, and no one's taking it. Like, mm. everyone would rather work together to build something then kill other people and take what they have to get ahead themselves uh and that goes into the sort of uh philosophical implications and what this game is saying about society and i think that's where it really lies in this game is that the game itself didn't have a lot of lore or anything Hmm. But at its core, it's about rebuilding society. You know, you're you're starting from nothing. You're gathering resources. You're building houses. You're building storage. You're building mine like ore and like.
1: The narrative comes from the systems at play rather than like any kind of overarching narrative.
0: Exactly. Uh, right. there may have been some lore that I missed. I I wasn't really paying attention to logbooks and stuff. Right. I I mean, who has time for that? Exactly. Who wants to read? <laughs> I came to play a video game. That's right. We're
1: starting a podcast. It's a it's an audio audio medium.
0: <laughs> um, so that's that's sort of the idea. Is it's it's about rebuilding society, and I found that was a huge theme through a lot of the games I played this month. And we'll probably definitely oh, yeah. talk about that's that. Yes,
1: we're going to be coming back to that theme <laughs> just a little bit. You might want to get a shot counter. Uh, um, that kind of person.
0: But uh, yeah, it it really was. It was it was very charming in the sense that people had the tools to really take over these servers like it's not hard to build a gun in that game and the guns kill real quick but no one was running around like shooting people no one was starting fights people were I mean in my time playing it I was building a little socialist commune. <laughs> uh, I had little crates outside that were open for everyone that had little signs that said free stuff. And Aww. I just opened up my resources for anyone to take. Um,
1: I, I love shit like that. Like Rust is a, another example of a game that's kind of like that. That It has this sort of social element to it that, like, I, I think is almost more interesting than the actual game itself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I really enjoyed something very charming about that, that... People just working together. And even if it wasn't actively working together, not, not screwing each other over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just
1: like as a community working together instead of against each other.
0: Exactly. And I think that's that's what this game was really doing and saying is that like we we can come together to build something.
1: Yeah, that's
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it was worth it? Uh I absolutely think it was worth it, especially if you like those sort of Don't Starve-esque games, it had multiplayer built in so you could hop on with your friends in a server and just go to town. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it.
1: Would you say that you would recommend this if you were to
0: do it only single player? If you were only to be able to play single player. I only played it single player and I still enjoyed it. Okay, But I, I think in that sense that there's so much community involved in the game it's a lot easier to jump into it if you have friends to go in it with.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. cool.
0: Yeah.
2: Rock
1: on. I feel like that's enough for the first game. I huh? think so. Uh, it, we have no kind of time scale for this, so it's no. interesting how we're kind of like playing it, uh, kind of free balling it. Yeah, up we're next, just riffing. Yeah, up next year, we're going to be covering Underhero, which is a game that I played. Uh, it's by P- Paper Castle Games, and it is a sort of uh, platformer RPG-esque type game. Uh, It was a very interesting little satirical game, very much sort of in the same vein of Paper Mario, if you've ever played those games. They have a very charming sense of humor. This, I think, was a little bit more on the kind of dark side a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Just to give a little bit of a spoiler for the very beginning, and it's not a huge spoiler, because, again, right at the very beginning, um, you play as, like, a hero... And you're, like, wandering into this, like, evil layer, and, like, you're level 99, and you got 99 health, the 999 health, you're, like, maxed out on everything, and you walk in, and then you encounter two masked dudes, and they're just, like, talking with them, and then you kind of see this other masked dude, and then he pulls a switch, and then he kills everyone. And then he walks over, grabs the hilt, and then becomes the main character. <laughs> and it's just such a wonderful sense of reverence to that. I don't know. Of, of just, like, this sort of under hero. Literally, the, the under hero, the underclassman. Uh, <laughs> kind of coming up from
0: above. And okay, like... so, so you said underclassman. So yeah. let, let, let's jump ahead real quick and talk about the sort of philosophical implications of this game. <laughs> Which is funny.
1: <laughs> because, okay, when we were talking about this, uh I think I think convinced you to really play it because it has a lot of really good shit going for it in terms of the writing and like the satirical uh comedy in terms of like one of the first things that you see when you are done like talking with your boss is like a bunch of other minions uh in a union organizing for like better pay and fedoras and like it's really cute. And just seeing like uh sort of this sort of tongue in cheek uh play on like
0: uh well i don't know how to describe this we 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 sort of described it as like uh the it's it's the the working class platformer (laughs) yeah
1: it really it's the working class rpg platformer so it has this story about like the the working class and the workers rights unionizing for better wages and fedoras for pay cuts and constantly, you're sort of being uh, cut up by the people around you. Like uh, the hilt is like, I, all right, I'll work with you. Like, uh, I just need you to help me out here. And in order to get him to help out, the only thing that'll get him to help out with is fucking money. <laughs> like he's he like doesn't respond to anything. But then he's like, you know, if you kill your boss, you'll have like a ton of money, right? And he's like, fuck yeah. So the whole game is about taking out your boss, basically. I mean,
0: like how? Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of like. Working class struggle and upward mobility in a capitalist society and how you how you can get ahead and the value that currency has in our world.
1: An interesting uh, side effect of the sort of Ludo narrative of this game, which if you've never heard of that term, Ludo means play, narrative means narrative. Uh, (laughs) 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 So the the play, uh, the narrative through play uh in the sort of combat it has this sort of uh real time aspect to it and uh you can choose to take out any enemy that you find which by the way all of the enemies are also your friends like they're minions fellow minions they're not like you know
0: like which is <laughs> it's, it's just it's weird it no it's such it's such great commentary yeah. on that idea of like the only way to move up is to devalue your peers, that, like that. The y- only way is to literally overpower them, or the other mechanic,
1: which is to just bribe them. You can bribe any enemy in the game, except for like a select few who are like, "You must challenge me." Everyone else can just be bribed. I love that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's just a dedicated button for bribing. Well, and and correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's mostly the the enemies that are at a perceived uh area of hierarchy above you that can't Mm. be bribed
1: yeah either that or or they see themselves as warriors and they need to fight with you Like that was one of the cases with an earlier guy Mm -hmm. I think he he thought of himself as a mid boss and so he really wanted to fight you uh, which, it's really funny. That's another aspect that I should probably talk about, which is a trope that I really love from games that are, are like this. Like, Undertale especially does this really well, where it sort of treats these random minions or, or throwaway characters like they're real living beings mm-hmm. living in a world. And, like, they go to the bar and they have a drink and they fucking talk shit about their day. <laughs> and it, something about that is just so genuine and it's so hilarious when the thing that's doing it is, like, a robotic mouse with wheels. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, the day was really hilarious hard man like eh, it was a rough one <laughs> here's to the fucking hating our boss <laughs> it's just like so weirdly relatable in such a a fun cartoony way and I guess I should also mention that the character designs in this game are just lovely uh I really really love all of the different uh monster and enemy designs uh, I didn't get too far into the game but I did get past the first boss and the moth lady was so pretty I loved her uh I will say this is actually something that uh is I think one Complaint that I did have with the game Is mm-hmm. just that uh, with the combat style The way that it works is it's real time So you, you like activate an ability And then you activate another ability And then you have to wait for your meter to kind of fill back up And in the meantime you can dodge attacks With either jumping uh, Like ducking or uh, Parrying with your shield or blocking Which mm-hmm. eventually decrease your shield's Health Um How oh, I going with that <laughs>
0: It was a lot of waiting
1: Yeah a lot of waiting uh, and just, like, the general combat of that, and just a lot of the mechanics had to do with, like, sort of being there and, like, kind of stalling for time until you could eventually get the thing. And then the first boss especially really emphasizes problem. The Moth Lady, uh, very pretty as she was, was just a boss where she would, like, kind of come down occasionally and then fall, like a Zelda boss, and then I would be able to hurt her, and then she would fly up again, and then... Uh, I'd have to avoid her for a while, and then she'd come back down again, and then i hit her again. And the cycle went on for, like, too long.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I feel like I might have been able to end it earlier if I just did, like, my rush attack sooner, but at the same time, it just felt like I had beaten the boss much earlier than I really had in actuality. Like, it's one of those things where you solve the puzzle in your head way earlier, then the game tells you that you've solved it and so, so you, you just but you still sit there have to wait and you're just waiting for the puzzle to be solved and it's just painful <laughs> yep. yeah yeah so i didn't like that aspect of the game it's not that bad though i i have to say like the humor in this game is really what carries it and if you're a fan of like this kind of uh humor and this kind of like paper mario-esque rpg really chill
0: fun uh humor like you'll enjoy it you'll have if a good time you, if you've ever worked like a, a dead-end 9-to-5 job, yeah, you'll totally get it. If you've
1: ever suffered wage slavery, then you'll understand <laughs> uh, some of the humor in this game. <laughs> it's very, very fun. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that it, that it was that it was worth it. Okay. Uh, especially if you're a fan of those kind of games.
0: Well, let's talk about Frostpunk now. Hell yeah. Uh, Frostpunk was... A treat, man. Uh, yeah. It's 11-Bit Studios. It's a... That's the
1: people that made This War of Mine, by the way.
0: Yes, it's the people that made This War of Mine. So going from This War of Mine to Frostpunk is...
1: Yeah. You haven't played that, but I might as well say a quick word of that game. Yeah. Uh, cause it, it's, a, it's a game about surviving through uh, political conflict, and like, basically like they, they took surveys from people who survived in like conflict in Greece, and then they turned those stories into gameplay. And you have to live through, like, these horrible circumstances. Like, one of them was, like, you had to decide whether or not to help a lady who was being sexually assaulted. Or whether or not it was more safe to just, like, preserve your own safety and just scavenge for supplies and leave. Mm-hmm. And I ended up just doing that because the guy had, like, a gun. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know? And, and, and like, that that's
0: just how you have to factor decisions in. And then Frostpunk, I think, yeah, definitely. Frostpunk definitely has that legacy. That same exact vein of, like, you're making very... God, my K's and T's were just so splashy there right now. Hold hey, on, it's okay. We're all we're all struggling. I feel the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frostpunk was very much in that same vein in that like it had a lot of very moral and ethical decisions that you had to make throughout the entire game. It was it, it, it's a lot of managing people and resources and having to make really really tough calls because you have to put the survival of the people first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. It's got this, I mean, it's got a, fr- like a frost punk aesthetic. It's, you know, like steampunk, but cold. So yeah. <laughs> it's all just, it's all frozen over. It's, it's cold. It's, it's.
1: There are these like crazy automatons that like harvest shit for you. Oh,
0: the automatons are great. Dude, they saved your life. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um,
1: that, that was, that was close.
0: Yeah. And so like. We played that one together. <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's very much this sort of. You're re It's another game that visits that idea of rebuilding society, and it's this last bastion of hope. But what it really does that's interesting is it doesn't present it through a capitalist lens at all. Hmm. Like, the only thing you're managing are your resources and your people's happiness. It's not – you're not using currency. You're not using wealth. You're not – It's uh, a
1: post-currency world.
0: Yeah, it's a post-currency world. It just doesn't exist. all All that matters is survival. And so – it's really interesting to see some of the ideas of like worker rights and human rights presented in this lens of what it matters when it comes to survival versus what it matters when it comes to profit and gain Mm. and taking some of those same ideas of like, children work, like like using children as as workers. That's like or... one of the
1: first options you were given. Yeah. It's like, hey, do you want to use child labor? Child
0: labor? Like... Let's do child labor. Thanks.
1: Check that box. And
0: it's like, great, because you have like 75 children in your... your... <laughs>
1: put them to work. <laughs> your...
0: <laughs> exactly. And you can put them to work and... <laughs> but it, it becomes, like, is it really an ethical thing to do? And if it's for people's survival, maybe it actually is. Sometimes it might, like, you could probably beat the game doing that. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a lot easier, honestly. I've been trying to play with, like, focusing really hard on human rights and, like, not doing overtime. Yeah, and you, not, you try
1: like, damn hard to be a nice guy.
0: <laughs> but it's hard. The game is very punishing and it's very brutal. But it's it's a very nice look at what what it means to be human and to just survive and to be surviving together as a group as a mm. colony as as a society just working towards one goal mm mhm yeah <laughs> yeah
2: yeah good game, good game.
0: oh wow <laughs> uh definitely definitely 100% worth it it's oh yeah it's hard though and you have to really enjoy the struggle and Embrace the system. <laughs>
1: it is a city builder. Would you say that this is a game for people, uh, even if they don't enjoy city builders?
0: Uh, Even if you don't enjoy city... city even if you don't enjoy... City, city, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> even if you don't enjoy city builders, I think this game is definitely worth looking at. Especially in like today's political climate and everything. Mm. Uh, it, it It really is incredibly insightful on like human rights and survival and what has to be done what has to be done exactly and and what that means for the world and people (laughs) it kind of makes you like at least when i was watching it uh, it made me consider like
1: Maybe that's probably why child labor was a thing in our world. Like Well, they, it was a thing in our world for profit, but Of course, that, you know, that's very true. That's very true. But like at least uh, to to some extent like some small aspects of it like probably did happen like in some places for survival. Like the yeah. sawdust part. Like there was a there was an option where like you can uh fill your food full of sawdust to make people more full. And like that's totally a thing that people did in the real world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, and sort of those aspects are, are very interesting.
0: Yeah, it really calls into the ethics and morality of like human rights, as we said, and yeah. and I think that's an important thing for people to just be aware of and look and to at.
1: Challenge themselves.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Because th- you can't do that on a movie. No, <laughs> you 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 don't make that decision, and that's that's no. the hard part. Is like knowing it might be the right call, but not wanting to make that decision anyways. Like, yeah. like having to tell your workers that they have to work overtime for 24 hours. And then and, one of them
1: has a heart attack.
0: Yeah, and then people just die on the factory floors. And, like, you made that decision. You made that happen because you pushed these people too hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, <sighs> yeah. but their sacrifice saved 40 other people from going cold at night.
1: Mm-hmm. The sacrifice of the the few for the, the grace of the many.
0: Exactly. <sighs> God. So it it's definitely worth checking out, I think.
1: Yeah. That that's that seems like one of the standout games of the bundle to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh for sure, like if it's yeah. <laughs> Check that one out. So this is Pathfinder Kingmaker. This is a game by Owlcat Games. Uh and I would recommend this to you especially if you are a D&D nerd. I might say only. No, I I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to say only, but it it is so complicated. It is literally just like taking the rule set. Like if you just took a Pathfinder book, which is if you didn't know, like D&D 3.5 but they made a sequel to it, like expanding on like that specific era of D&D uh and it it's just like this long extensive core rule book and all of the lore of the Inner Sea and just like all of this wealth of knowledge and information is sort of condensed into this one little game <laughs> and it, it's really overwhelming like making a character I was like I had like 30 minutes to make a character before work and I was just like okay let's see how this game is and I totally thought that it was like a hack and slash kind of like gauntlet type game and then I was like oh wait what I'm making a character okay <laughs> okay
0: and then I realized this is just a Pathfinder character sheet I was just playing Pathfinder so I have a question for you on that yeah would you recommend it for someone who's interested in getting into Pathfinder and d d as, like, a bridge into it, into tabletop role playing? If they have
1: patience, okay. yes. I think that this is actually... I think that's a good question, yeah. Because if you have the patience to sort of learn all its systems, I feel like you actually come out with a really good understanding of how Pathfinder works. It, 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 it's not perfect, right? Like, you don't uh, operate but with, like, a turn system. The way that it works is it's, it's real-time with pause, right? So, uh, basically, like, you can select different, uh, things that you want each character to do, and then, uh, unpause, and then let them do that action, and then, uh, however long you want to let them do that action, you let them do it, and then you can pause again, and then reassign them to do other things. And in that sense, it's kind of turn-based, but kind of not really. It's very much Baldur's Gate, or, uh, Neverwinter Nights-esque,
0: um... Well, I mean, and if you get really into the sort of ideas of the mechanics, like a round of combat in tabletop is six seconds. Right. And so.
1: Like, it's actually quite easy to systematize if you think about it in, like, a literal sort of world term, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if six seconds is that much, then it takes six seconds to cast the thing. And it does in the game. And it literally is quite interesting to see, like, uh, you know, for example, Color Spray. You know, and, like, a character uses color spray, and it's in a cone, and you see, like, him activate it, and the color effect comes out. And it's like, oh, man, that's really nice, because I never get to see that when I'm playing d d on my own. <clears throat> but uh, there's also an element of... I want I, I, I to call it a little bit, like, dryness, because when a player, like a person, is able to dungeon master an experience, I feel like there's sort of a, a flair that they can add to it that's their own personal element. Oh, thank you, phone. I should probably, <laughs> probably put that on silent. That, you know what that was? That's the the sound of catching a ring in Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. So, uh you're just going to date this recording and say that the Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out recently. <laughs> 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 All right. Um Where was I saying? Sort of dryness. Yeah, so it's dry Uh because it doesn't have this, like, custom element to it that... Like, when a person dungeon masters a, a D&D game, there's a, a level of playfulness and going off the book and off the record that can really be done. And, like, you can kind of not have to abide by as many rules or fudge a roll. And in this game, the rolls are the rolls. Everything is systematized, and it's super strict. And so if you don't know how to build your character... You can really fuck yourself over. But if you know how to build a character, you can make, like, a really overpowered character. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all just about knowing the system, Mm -hmm. I feel like. And because of that, it's probably going to be really intimidating. But I do think that if you're willing to put the time into it, this is, like, a really rewarding, very long, very complicated RPG. That, like, the very beginning of it, uh, you start off on, like, a quest that... um, the uh, companions of which are determined based on how you act in, like, the first sort of mission that you get. Uh, because, like, everybody joins your party in the first mission, and then, like, if people don't like certain things, and they like other things, then they'll join you based on that. And I only got, like, three of the people, and I was like, well, fuck. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I was playing as my grandma, and, uh, that was <laughs> so Dolores Renick. And, and, uh... Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Delo. She's dead, but... <laughs> 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 not anymore her legacy my, lives on in pathfinder it's, it's my way to live
0: with her okay? it's, it's my way to hang out <laughs> She she's she lives in jima you want to go to the fish market <laughs> so
1: one of my favorite characters that's joined my party is this barbarian and the reason why i love her is just because like when it came time to decide who to side with she was just like yo fuck that other guy i slit his fucking throat yo i don't trust him with it fucking an inch of my life i ride and die with grandma fuck that (laughs) bitch and i was just like yo i love her she's crazy but i love her she loves my grandma
0: (laughs) can't not love a grandma so i don't know i think that aspect
1: of it has just been really exciting because like this is very much Pathfinder in the sense that you can really roleplay the way the character that you want to roleplay. Mm-hmm. It, it has alignment choices for your um, dialogue options, so you can actually like roleplay more lawfully or more chaotically or more good or more evil based on however you want to kind of come across in the moment. And sometimes you can just be like a totally badass, like lawful neutral person who walks up into a place with bandits and is just like, "Yo, I found the bandits." me your shit without asking any questions you know just yeah. because you see them as bandits and like you don't even have to like there's just something fun about that that it makes the lawful choices fun you know and that, that's kind of hard in a campaign sometimes it can be
0: very hard
1: but it's this, this game i played as a lawful character and it was really fun i had a very good time and eventually a- after the first quest you get uh access to a barony so you get access to like a full kingdom And then from that, you eventually rise to, like, an even higher status in the kingdom, I believe. I haven't gotten to that point, but I know that, like, all the other campaigns take place after you already have, like, a kingdom to take care of. And it takes the Pathfinder kingdom mechanics and incorporates it uh, so you can actually, like, collect taxes and, like, do all the weird, like, micromanagement of your kingdom shit. And... I don't know. It's just like very unique in that aspect for a uh, D&D like game to mm-hmm. sort of go to that level uh, of sort of kingdom management and uh, allowing you to really choose how you want to rule, whether you want to be like sort of an autocrat or more of like a theocrat or more of like, a, you know, it's, it's all kind of up to you or like, you know, evil, uh, a leader of the people or kind of like a people or a person who a- keeps everybody under their foot or whatever
0: it's a really good look at like the feudal system and how it works and operates and how you as a person yeah. can contribute to it
1: straight up straight up though uh, it'll take you a while to get there probably like 30 <laughs> fucking 40 hours but you'll get there <laughs>
0: you too can be a king
1: if you if you put in the time and the effort so yeah uh i think that this is this is a very cool
0: game uh, you want to take that again sorry oh no i don't want that cough to take over you No. no All right. It's staying in. You're the one editing. (laughs) (laughs) We've only got one track. You can't dim it down. I'm I'm kidding. I don't know if I'll edit it
1: out. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't do it that time. That'd be kind of funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone can know that I'm getting over a cold.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and also, do you have water? Yeah. Make sure you're drinking your water, buddy. I have been. All right. Just want to make sure. You shouldn't be nasty. Take care of yourself, buddy. All right. I'm doing my best. I care about you. Hey, I care about you. Okay. What was I saying? I think it's worth it. I, as long as you're willing to deal with the complexity of it, I feel like, and you're willing to put some time into it, I think it's going to be worth it and worth your money.
0: Worst comes to worst, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than a book on the feudal system. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Who wants to read? to no. <laughs> Learn how the aristocracy works. That's what I said. Through Pathfinder. That's how I learned about communism. Hell oh, yeah. Tropico. <laughs> Tropico. <laughs> I'm kidding. Only slightly. Not really. I learned about <laughs> communism by being an... In- Independent thinker. <laughs>
1: I learned about communism by reading. <laughs> I'm sorry to admit it.
0: <laughs> I learned about communism when I got arrested. Oh. No, I haven't been arrested. That's <laughs> 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 kind of excited. <laughs> I'm not stupid enough to get caught. <laughs> NSA. Did you? Should I edit that out? Oh, no. They can hear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your grandma's alive in the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. i <I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh, no, oh, No, I don't actually care. <laughs> I, I, I love my grandma, but I'm over her death. <laughs>
0: we can laugh through the pain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, next up Speaking of laughing through the pain Yeah Let's talk about therapy <laughs> Make sure you going to therapy It's important, everyone should see a therapist Yeah Not that we can afford to No, not under this economy <laughs> This will be very subtly political, just so you guys know Yeah,
1: well, where'd you get that from?
0: But, I mean, the name is the bundle bourgeoisie, so <laughs> Uh, Eliza, a yeah. game by Zakatronics Who featured two games in this month's bundle Yeah,
1: and actually, which you didn't know uh, But I just uh, watched a documentary about Zactronics recently And he's the Infiniminer developer
0: Hell yeah uh,
1: And he also made a bunch of other interesting games Like Spacechem and uh, Magnum Opus
0: He's got a lot of themes about, like, technology And yeah. its role in the world, in society and he
1: has He does not treat the audience as dumb
0: No He He treats
1: them like they're programmers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of nice because Eliza didn't do that. Really? Yeah. I did not feel like I had to be a programmer. I felt like I... Uh, had to be a depressed millennial who doesn't understand the world and how it's changing and wants to make a difference but really can't because other people have too much control and power. Well, I'm already there, so... Exactly. So it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I get to relive my daily life. Um, no, it's a game about... Uh, it's like a visual novel about, like, a dystopian technological influence in the future and what tech- what role technology plays and how humanity is still human even with an abundance of technology like what role does humanity and humans play in a world of technology not necessarily Mm. what role does technology play in our world uh so it's an interesting flip on that little that normal lens of like well what does the world look like if ai takes over but this is more like well ai's already taken over so what do humans do now Mm. um and so the game takes uh, you, you, it's a visual novel, so it's it's mostly just, like, clicking through dialogue bubbles yeah. and stuff. If you played a visual novel,
1: you know what to expect. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, and it's, it's really interesting because it, it tackles a lot of issues of, like, mental health and things like depression and anxiety, and you play as a therapist who's a proxy for an AI-driven therapy, uh like deep learning algorithm. So the algorithm takes a bunch of information about the client, assesses them, gives prompts for the proxy to read to the client so that they still have a human interaction and then diagnoses and treats the patient.
1: And that that's interesting because it also kind of justifies why there's a limited choice. Yeah, exactly. In the dialogue selection.
0: You're told from the very beginning, like follow what the proxy, like what the the technology says. Like it's not your job to go off book.
1: You're literally a human following a program.
0: Exactly, and that's
1: like the literal the ludology of the game.
0: And they and they even present like the very first client you have. Uh, is, like, he's he's depressed, he's upset, he's freaking out about the world and, like, how he can't make an impact or a difference, and all he wants is to, like, connect with another human being. Hmm. And so through the session, he's screaming and begging at you to please just break the script and talk to him as, like, a person. And the script gives you a script for you to break the script to talk to him.
1: Oh, that's so weird. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's like frustrating
0: it is it is, and like seeing that side of it, seeing that like she's lying to it, like you're being lied to, he's being played, but she's she's doing it to make this guy feel better uh, um and like the technology having that much understanding and influence and control
1: that's really cool
0: yeah, so it's it's really interesting, and i I really like the conversations that like how technology plays a role in our sort of like mental illnesses and is it contributing to things like depression, anxiety, like how much of that is driven by technology? How much of that is just our understanding of mental illness changing? And what role does technology play in making us feel better about things? Mm. You know, it's, it's really interesting. And I really enjoyed what I played of the game. Uh,
1: it's like both how technology supplements and hinders us a little bit.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I I think that's a really interesting conversation to be having right now because mm. technology is everywhere and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, so no. like
1: <laughs> we gotta just figure out how to deal with it and how to make a nice situation out of yeah, it.
0: Yeah, and, and understand it and ourselves enough. Yeah. Like like know that technology isn't making us depressed, but Perhaps the the reach and the influence and our understanding of the world that technology gives us is what's actually causing these issues. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really fascinating, and uh, especially if you're struggling with ideas of like uh, being alone in the world and like, uh, what what what's a good way to describe it? Like post, uh, postmodern. No, not postmodern, but, like, post... uh, A certain era? Th- like, the integration of technology in society. Like, how it. Post-information
1: integrated.
0: era? Yeah, like, the post-information era. Like, if you're struggling with being human in today's society, and, mm-hmm. like... I mean, a lot of us struggle with depression and anxiety and stuff. And if you're struggling with these kinds of things, it, it's a really great game to feel like you're not alone in these struggles and mm. to sort of, like, give voice to and talk about the issues.
1: I really want to play this game now. <laughs> so I'm actually kind of sad. That was one of the games I didn't get.
0: <laughs> you can borrow it. <laughs> That's true. We can Steam share. Well, well my, my, my assessment on this game was I personally wouldn't buy it and I probably, like... I, I, even pl- after having played it, I probably wouldn't buy Which it. Which is
1: interesting because you're so enthusiastic about I, it. No, I know. Yeah. I, I,
0: love, I love the game. I love what it's talking about. Um, I, I think it's just the way I engage with video games and the visual novel style is not necessarily my That's fair. most active. Yeah. Um, and so, but I would love to watch someone play it. Yeah. And that's exactly like that. That's my assessment of the game is I would love to watch someone (laughs) play through this whole game. That's fair. I wouldn't want to play through it myself, but I would, I would be really on board to like hang out with a friend and play with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's a good chill game then yeah just to play with a friend exactly maybe do the voices of
0: yeah exactly do the voices like have yeah. a good time you know I, I
1: do that sometimes over like a skype call it's really fun
0: i mean i i'm i'm a huge like advocate for communication and talking to your friends and stuff so like it's it's a great way to start a dialogue too like <laughs> yeah well it, talk
1: to your friends guys <laughs> <laughs> talk
0: to your friends like like if, you, if you're struggling like put on the game play through it and like maybe have, have a conversation a con- about exactly it. have a conversation like like talk about how it's relatable and like what like are you are you influenced or feeling or connect to these themes? Like I'm sure the people in your life would love to have that dialogue too. That's cool, man. Yeah. Nice. Up next we have Okami. <laughs> <laughs> you like that transition? <laughs> I'm over here like someone just listen to me cry please. Okami though. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm
1: going to be honest. I didn't actually play that much of this game for the bundle. But, like, the reason why is because this is a game that i played before. Mm-hmm. This is a very, very good game. Uh, it's by Capcom. The director of it is Hideki Kamiya. He's the same guy who's the director of... Uh, there's a, actually a Kickstarter right now uh, for Wonderful 101 going to Switch and, like, all of their platforms. Oh, shit. So, I don't know if you might want to, like... Ch- <laughs> it's like trying <laughs> trying to unleash it from Wii U because it was definitely
0: shackled by that console. <laughs> what wasn't? Yeah. Uh, but Wii Sports. Yeah, so <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> was, I mean, it was on the Wii. It wasn't even shackled by the Wii U. No. Wii Sports. No, it was. You know the. You know the real game. That, okay, this is a t- tangent. But you know. You know what the real game that was really shackled in Nintendo? Hmm. Land? It was Nintendo Land. Nintendo Land. Nintendo Land is the best game on the Wii U. I swear to God, like the way that it uses the fucking mechanics of, like, asynchronous multiplayer with, like, one person on the the controller and another person on the TV. So So good! good. You can't do that with a Switch!
0: I I really miss early Wii U games that actually used the console like that. Yeah, like Zombie U and stuff like that. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they were like, eh, that's too much to develop.
1: Anyway, back on topic. Okami! (laughs) That was was hopefully a fun tangent. Okami is... uh, A game by Capcom and director Hideki Kamiya, and also uh, uh, Ikumi Nakamura, uh, who you might have seen recently at the Video Game Awards, who is uh, everyone's favorite, I think, just because she's adorable (laughs) in the way that she talks, and she's very passionate about video games, and she's the woman who designed Bayonetta. So it's hard not to love that. Damn! I don't, did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. So she worked on this game. Holy sh- I, Holy shit! <laughs> so she's the woman that you love, but didn't know that you love. Yeah. <laughs> Way to make a strong female character. Oh, straight up. <laughs> and I mean, this game actually has a strong female character too. Amaterasu, I believe, is a uh, a female wolf. Oh hell yeah! Uh, you play as a wolf in this game, and uh, you're not the. Not that the gender really matters. No, but it like... doesn't matter. But like, you are a, you are a female goddess. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember correctly. I hope I remember that right. (laughs) It has been a minute. Uh, And it just has this beautiful vector graphics. It's cel-shaded just like Beautiful Joe, his very first game. It's done in the same engine. It was originally released for the PS2 and it is a classic from that area. If you haven't played it, I'm just going to skip the recommendation part to right now. You should just play it. It's good. It's real good. Uh, Just the style and the art and the the way that it's played and the story, it's it's very, very classic. It's... Uh, Zelda-like, where you have these abilities to sort of uh, draw using your tail to either, like, slice things, uh, create a sun to change it from day to night, or, uh, you know, a bunch of other really interesting things, creating oceans. Uh, and so you kind of go around helping people with these different powers and collecting as many more powers as you can to sort of uh, fulfill your sort of potential as the creation god. And there's this interesting element where it's not like you're really, like, a benevolent god. Because, I mean, you, you're, you help a lot of people out. But at the same time, uh, there's some, some, some things that you're just kind of, like, like there's just this kid early on who's just, like, an asshole and just really wants to, like, pluck melons from his mom's garden. And he's only gotten eight out of the nine. And you walk up, like, yo, I'm a dog. I'm going to get all nine. <laughs> and then you get all nine. And, and then this guy is, like, yo, you're the best dog ever. And uh, that's, like, the end of that. That's just the whole interaction. (laughs) (laughs) There's just, like, fun little, like, little side stories you can just kind of do that are really charming and fun and cute. Um, And just the way that uh, everything is animated, like, the wolf flowers, like, will kind of spring up from, like, the ground wherever uh, they run. Uh, It is a masterpiece. If you haven't played it, play it. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Go play it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, next, we have Shinzen IO, another Zachtronics game. Uh, this one's gonna be hella short and hella sweet because I'm not gonna lie, I'm too stupid for this game. <laughs> No, no,
1: like straight up. I like I, I we have this like situation going on where we're where, like I I kind of choose the first couple
0: and then I kind of like give the rest to, to Johnny. Johnny <laughs> apparently will take whatever, but I don't know that you could take this. Uh, I I can only describe this as like Minecraft for computer science nerds, because <laughs> that's what it is. You're like. You're, you're doing pseudo-programming and connecting like resistors uh, and shit. Not fucking
1: pseudo-programming. You're writing fucking lines of code inside of chips that you're connecting and then like inputs and outputs. Like it's fucking code.
0: The, 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 the tutorial.
1: There's, there's a fucking PDF that you have to download that's like 80 pages.
0: The tutorial like 80 pages. Was, was easy enough to get through. It's I got like, through the tutorial God. fine yeah I'm sure the tutorial was fine and then
1: because that's what they thats well it's all not even that. it's that's not even a tutorial games. I played fucking Space cam and I hate that game because that game it it like it you think it's easy you think it's simple and then you get to the second puzzle and then you're like what and then you spend four hours trying to fucking solve it and you get nowhere
0: yeah yeah it's it 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 jumps off right after the tutorial (laughs) real hard, like... I love Zaktronics. He makes some cool games, but goddamn... They they warn you in about, like, six different emails you get before you start the game. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, don't forget to read the manual. We highly suggest you read the manual. You may know what you're doing, but please read the manual just in case. (laughs) Good lord. And I chose to disregard this entirely because, like, who needs a manual? I'm a strong, independent man in society. (laughs) I can figure it out. No. <laughs> no, I can't. I could not figure it out. <laughs> I spent like forty minutes trying to figure it out and skimmed the manual and could not figure it out.
1: <laughs> I mean, it li- like reading it. It literally looks like you're reading a fucking patent for like an electronic device.
0: Yeah, it's, it's straight up. Like, it is a programming manual for like how to program these little chips on this game. <sighs>
1: God, like if you're into that, then like fucking you'll love it. Yeah, you'll <laughs>
0: love the hell out of it. It's it. I could imagine it's a lot of fun for the right person. I'm not the right person. <laughs> it it, it yeah. assumes uh, it assumes uh that the player and char- has the same level of intelligence as the character, mm. which is not normal in games. Normally, there's like a tutorial to walk the player through and teach you what you need to know to be the character. Mm. But this game just immediately assumes, oh, you as the player know everything your character knows, hmm. so have fun.
1: <laughs> you know what is really cool about it, though?
0: Hmm. It's got solitaire. It does got solitaire. You can play solitaire. Same with Eliza. Oh, yeah. Eliza also had solitaire. Zach?
1: Zachtronics likes
0: Zachtronics, you like you yeah, like solitaire. You like solitaire, don't you? I think he does. I think he does. I think he's fed. Yeah, it must be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like he didn't connect that until now. <laughs> I can
0: like see you connecting
1: the dot in your head.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine loving solitaire so much that you program it into your games?
1: I I mean I feel like that must be like a programmer thing because it's like like a, especially a Windows programmer thing mm-hmm. because like those games are always like pre-programmed in. And so, like, to have Solitaire pre-programmed into your game, it's like, well, it has to be there. It's always in Windows. I I mean, if it's always in Windows, it has to be in my game.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It's just another user interface.
1: Yeah. Solitaire is just UI.
0: Maybe try Minesweeper. Ooh. Or uh, Ski Run 94. That's my favorite. I really like the Yeti. Yeah. He comes after you. (laughs) I like that. You know how long it took me to learn to press X? (laughs) God.
1: (laughs) <laughs> to just go down <laughs>
0: I'll tell you I learned when I was like 20 something I think incredible <laughs> I mean it's not like it explains itself well. no it doesn't <laughs> uh, yeah that's it's, that's it's a real dense game yeah. <laughs> uh, can't really talk much about like what it's saying about society. Cause it's just like programming circuits and stuff. So, yeah. and I didn't get far enough into it to really know any of the lore or understand any of that. I bet there was, it felt, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> no, I mean like it felt very rich in hey, lore. And um, that's true. When, the, from what I saw, the game starts out. You, you're an engineering graduate student mm-hmm. And you have to move to Japan to get a job because there's no engineering jobs in your country anymore. Yeah. So, like, like that's already saying something pretty bold about society that, like, we're getting education, we but there's not jobs for that education. And so we end up in, like, having to go weird places. <laughs> not that Japan is weird.
1: Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, like, <laughs> we have to leave our homes and stuff to
0: try plan. to find somewhere that we can put our education to use. Like... It it, so it it talks a little bit about themes of education and society and like that at the start, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure those ideas are followed through later on. But in order to get to that, you have to play the game. Mm,
1: That's unfortunate.
0: And I'm too dumb to play the game. (coughs) So next, (laughs) got to cough like right in between. Actually, I wonder. I think
1: I might keep that because it's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> I
0: right. love long awkward silences. <laughs> I don't. I don't know I how do well too. they read in a podcast no. medium. But... Okay,
1: no, they actually read very well because I, I I love the super mega podcast and mm-hmm. they do that a lot. Like that, that's like one of their <laughs> signature bits. Is that they'll they'll the, the, like like wh- wh- what did you say? it's <laughs> so favorite. good but who wants to bit. listen to
0: silence
2: I, mean, I don't know silence
1: is fine
0: that's what i learned in directing i mean i guess it's, it's comedy right like you, you set up the it's, punchline it's you all get all about the timing it's all about the timing and you know over explaining the joke after yeah. you've already done it I'm, I'm sure people are gonna eat this part up where we're just talking about silence. moving on, on to comedy. night call
1: <laughs> <laughs> good lord <laughs> So, um, this was a game by Monkey Moon... Wait, really? Monkey Moon and Black Muffin. Oh, know. Monkey Moon and Black Muffin. So, there's two of them. Yes. I was confused. I thought it was Monkey Moon Black Muffin. Well, the
0: confusion is because I didn't put a space or a period or Or any kind of delineation. Slash, yeah. It was <laughs> just a
1: single sentence. Thank you. We're professionals. <laughs> so, uh, this is a game that I actually really enjoyed. This was um, a kind of visual novel detective story game where you play as a taxi driver And at the very beginning of the game, uh, this guy rolls up and stabs you, and your guts are on the floor, and you're bleeding out, and then you wake up in the hospital bed. And depending on which case you chose, um, you'll end up in one of three different sort of scenarios. The thing is, is that, like, the story plays out the same way every time, but the evidence is different every time. So... We're at, like, the beginning, the, the intro sequence, it's all the same. I guess probably for budgetary reasons, because they didn't have enough money to do it different every single time. Mm-hmm. And, like, th- because of that, some things are fairly repetitive. Some conversations do happen twice. but You can skip past it pretty quickly, especially when you're doing the, the second or, or your third case. Um, but at the same time, there's something really, really engaging here. Because it takes a very non-traditional uh, occupation, and it turns it into a video game. In a way that is so engaging, because you know, like, there's five suspects that you're investigating, and some people have ideas about those suspects and will give you a little bit of extra info, but for the most part, like, you're just waiting for, like, those five people to get in your car, and when one of them gets in your car, it's, like, so fucking tense. Because, like, you have options of dialogue of what to choose, and depending on what you choose might, like, give away your intention, And, and like, you kind of have to play it cool while, like, also trying to find as much information as you can out of Mm -hmm. these people. And it is such an interesting balancing act to play where (laughs) they don't know that you're a PI, basically, who's not being paid, which we'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, what was I saying? (laughs) Maybe we should just get into that, actually. Yeah, let's just get into it. Let's just get into the fact that you're not being paid. Yeah. Like, at the very beginning of the game... After you get out of the hospital and you get done talking to your boss, this police lady shows up and is like, all right, so here's the deal. You showed up bloodied right next to the dead body that was the first suspect. So obviously you're our prime suspect. Even though you gouge yourself out, there's a high probability that you are the one that committed the crime. So I'm considering you guilty until you can prove to me that you're innocent. Sound familiar? <laughs> and and so you basically just begrudgingly work for this person, uh, and, like, every three or four days, you'll have to turn in information to them. Uh, actually, I think you only get three or four days at the first time, and then three or four days the second time, you have to tell them who it is. Oh, shit. Like, you get seven days total, basically, to fucking figure this shit out. Um... And so, do you have, basically have nighttime segments where you're picking up customers and traveling them, uh, p- taking them from destination to destination, or picking up uh, gas uh, and, like, checking out, like, stuff at the gas station. Like, you can go and check out the newspaper and, like, do lotto tickets and stuff. It's actually <laughs> yeah. kind of cute. You can ask, like, the gas attendant if they know anything. Uh, and then you can also visit other locations. And you have to manage that while also just trying not to get fired. Uh, because, like, people that have valuable information, like homeless people, um don't have money to pay you you just have to pick them up and hope that they give you information and if they don't then you just wasted money on a guy who's not gonna give you anything and it, in that sense it's kind of a little bit of wage labor uh wage theft as well yeah uh of like sort of being forced into the situation where you're in a losing e- economic situation
0: you're, you're uh, giving away your labor for free and yeah. but in, there's in no... order to
1: inoc- inoculate yourself Uh huh. like it, it, to prove yourself innocent you have to do this so so at nighttime, you're, you're, do, you're doing all that. You're doing all your investigative work. And then uh, during the daytime, uh, you get to assemble that work. And you get, like, a, basically, like, a pushpin board. You get, like, <laughs> all these different papers that you can reassemble and, like, put in different places. And, like, I assembled it based on, like, all right, here's the evidence that I have on this guy and then this guy and then this guy. And then down here is my general evidence for I don't know who. It could just be anybody. Um, and you have to pick from that and decide eventually who's the, vi- or who's the killer. And the fascinating thing is that the game doesn't give you enough information to be able to definitively tell who's the killer. Um, The first time that I did it, uh, I was pretty confident in who it was. I was playing a normal difficulty. And um, the only reason why I had to really suspect that it was them uh, over the other person was because I had this, like, in-depth philosophical conversation that, like, kind of was weirdly serene and then with the other person there was like this kind of off-kilter nervous energy mm-hmm. throughout the entire thing and there's this implication that like they might hurt somebody because of a voice in their head oh shit <laughs> and so i was like okay let's just try not to anger the voice and get them to their destination <laughs> and like after that one i just felt like i just remember being like a little rattled and i was like oh <laughs> and 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 so um that was the only reason why I chose that person over everybody else There was enough information that I could have convicted somebody else And they yeah. would have gotten arrested But I got the right person both times Because I made the right guesses And the second time that I did it, for the judge case I was playing on hard difficulty Which didn't make it economically very hard I actually found it to be a little bit too easy But um What I found was that uh, I didn't find all of the suspects I didn't even get to pick them all up Holy shit I, I didn't get to meet them and I had to pick them at the end of the, day. I had to choose the, f- without any evidence. And so I just had to go on a gut instinct and that sucked.
0: So it's a great look at like criminal justice and the ideas of like how we determine who's guilty and shit. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: I got, I somehow got it right both times, but I had the horrible feeling both times going in that I got the wrong person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you just didn't have enough to convict anyone. Like truly. Yeah. Damn.
1: It literally came down to my confession being the evidence, being the thing that got them to convict the person. Like Holy it, shit. Like, And that's it. And, you know, like, the other thing is, uh, eventually, after you've chosen the person, then you have to pick them up and get them to confess to the crime. Oh. <laughs> that's an aspect
0: to the game that is a whole nother level. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... God, is, is the, like... Can I... Sp- I don't know if I should spoil it. No, spoil... I, I think... Uh... Should I? No. I don't, I don't know if listeners want Should I spoil spoils. the first case? Because um, there's three cases. I'm, I'm just mostly curious about like, how you get them to confess.
1: How did I get them to confess? Okay, the first one, um, I immediately gave myself away. Like, within seconds, I accidentally gave myself away, and then they were like, oh, you're on to me. You're with the police. And I just had to stall. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, they held a knife to my neck. Oh, shit. And I was just stalling. <laughs> and it was terrifying. And, like, the only reason I think why I stayed alive is because I told the truth the entire time and nothing but the truth. And I just kept talking as long as I could.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> I was terrified.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Huh.
1: Yeah. And then at the end, there was, like, this sort of extra element of, like, sort of this narrative going that like the main character had a brother that he lost and at the end you get to call him and like leave a message at his phone box and you only have enough time to talk about yourself his kids or his wife and like every time you do like a case you get to like hear what he has to say about each and like learning a little bit about the Uh character and like kind of the tragic backstory and like another aspect of this is that like I I really should get to, like, the Passengers here, because the Passengers are, like, the star of the show, I feel like. There's a Passadex where you can, like, see all of the different Passengers that you've collected, Mm -hmm. and they range from, like, real-ass people that, like, their stories are real. Like, they were—so, I think one of the developers was, like, a taxi cab driver at some point in their life, and these are, like, stories from their life. Damn. Like, for example, there was— A lesbian couple that hopped into my back trunk at one point and they just were talking about a guy that they had met at the bar and weren't even thinking about me in the front and then at some point they realized that like I was there and that I had heard everything and then I had the opportunity to like say like no I didn't hear anything (laughs) or like yeah I heard everything (laughs) 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 and just the idea of like this taxi cab as this liminal space where people don't often think of themselves as being heard but they are heard and they're being observed, and they're listened to. Yeah. And like, there's that whole element of like, I love people watching, and that aspect is totally there. But then also, the first passenger that I picked up was a cat. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this also this element of like the supernatural, and like the fucking bizarro shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like.
0: It's fucking wild.
1: Yeah, so it was like literally a cat, and it like gestured around, like it, it could understand by speech, and it was going to Normandy. I I got that much and then it left. (laughs) Well, so talking cats and everything. Yeah. But then there was also like ghosts and there was like people from the future trying to communicate with me in like the past. But it was coming in out-of-order sequences, so I was getting, like, the last sequence and then the first sequence, and then, like, it was all out of order and jumbled. And then I found Santa, who I think was the real Santa.
2: Damn.
1: (laughs) Which, it's funny, because at first, he kind of comes off like a drunken mall Santa, but then you realize that he's drunk real Santa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So is it worth it?
1: Yeah. Oh, my, I loved it. The thing is, Okay, there are some glitches. I did encounter some glitches that might make like the, uh, playing the game a little bit tedious in some ways, like the music uh, going out at one point, or like me not being able to uh, drive or like act, uh, pick someone up or do something. It was a little bit weird in that aspect, but man, I just—it's so bizarre and weird and fun. And I'm such a huge fan of detective games. I feel like if the longer we do this show, the more that'll become apparent. <laughs> I just fucking love a good mystery. And the fact that this is a mystery that doesn't have a clear solution that you have to solve is yeah. like something that really jives with me and uh, appeals to my sort of sensibilities as a player. So you have I'm, to
0: really figure it out.
1: The last case is the hardest, and it's the one that I haven't done. It's called The Sandman. The two that I did were The Judge and The Angel of Death. Uh, the, the other guy, actually, he committed suicide. I, I literally, I got him to drive, and like I got him to confess, and he was like... Um, he was just like, all right, uh, I know you're taking me to the police, uh, but could you take me here instead? And I, I, I said, okay. And I brought him to a little park and he committed suicide. Damn. Before the police got there. That's heavy. Yeah. And, like, I told him before he goes out, like, don't commit suicide. And he was like, I already made up my mind. And he just hopped out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it, was like, it, does,
1: it doesn't tell you that he's going to commit suicide.
0: But you know, yeah. He,
1: he, just, he just has this forlornness about him that's just like... It just makes me sad. I didn't feel threatened by him. Yeah. I was just like, I oh, don't know. Fuck. Yeah. So that's really... Uh, if if you enjoy this game, I, I or if, if you would like to enjoy this game, I would highly recommend it. I don't know. what. That's a weird phrase. <laughs> if you would, like, if you to would enjoy... like to enjoy this
0: game, I'd recommend it.
1: <laughs> it, it it's, if you enjoy visual novels or detective games, you'll have a really baller time with this. Uh, It's a lot of reading. If you're not about that, you might not like it, but I fucking love it.
0: Well, next we have yeah warstone tower defense oh, this is
1: a this is a game
0: uh it's a game yeah yeah it's uh battle cruiser games it's a tower defense game mm-hmm. uh, with a sort of city building slash management aspect to it hmm. uh i don't know i found the game kind of problematic not really great hmm. uh it had a lot of like Surprise! I guess there was a theme this month. It was about (laughs) rebuilding society. Oh, wow. (laughs) Who would have thought? It's kind of like that's a big topic right now.
1: Oh, wow. It's like we're kind of in the midst of an economic collapse that we have to...
0: Perhaps we all see the uh, potential downfall of capitalism imminent and looming over us, and we're all in an existential crisis, not knowing what's going to be next.
1: At least I got video
0: games. At least we've got video games. And love. (laughs) Uh, so it's, it's it's sort of cartoony like flash game uh and it's it's about rebuilding society but it's very it's very much along this sort of like capitalist ideology like you're you're saving up money you're saving up resources you're saving up these things to build a better workforce that you use to invade other places to steal their resources and steal their uh, kill their people, steal their resources, get magic gems. Manifest destiny, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much like the trolls are coming to kill us, so let's go kill them trolls.
1: It's like it's kind of, it's like kind of problematic in the same way that like Lord of the Rings is a little bit problematic.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of very uh unintentional racist ideology kind of put in there you know them trolls are different than us so we gotta get them i
1: mean like i don't think that they really i don't think the developers really knew or cared about that yeah
0: i I don't i I think it's totally unconscious and like not a deliberate choice but
1: like these developers are not racist
0: no no they're definitely (laughs) not i'm not trying to say that at all uh it but it, it 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 sort of perpetuates some of those kinds of ideologies when you Present groups of individuals like them trolls, them trolls that gotta are kill mean them all. and nasty and they're coming in- to take our coal.
1: They're, they're invading, and we gotta <laughs>
0: <What> <laughs> we kinda... gotta go get the magic stone back from the troll king so that we can cast spells to kill the trolls easier. They're hopping
1: our border and getting in our vacation homes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely not intentional. Yeah, uh, but it it does subtly kind of preach those ideologies, and and the whole game sort of preaches these, like, classist ideologies, you know, you, you, the workers and the fighters are all the peasants and the farmers, and, yeah, yeah. like, like, you're not, you're not hiring the monarchy to go shoot bows and arrows.
1: Do you think it's at least fun?
0: You know, I'd rather play balloons.
1: I was asking that. <laughs> I asked you before we started recording. Would you, like, like what do you think has more, like, mechanical complexity? (laughs) Uh, Like, Bloon's Tower Defense or this game? And then you gave me a resounding,
2: uh... (laughs) ah.
0: There's there's not a lot of complexity. It's, it's, you know, place a troop, upgrade a troop, uh, finish the level, go buy uh, barracks so that you can place a different troop. Go place the troop, upgrade the troop. Damn. Yeah, so there's not, you get stones that you can place in certain areas, and some stones have, like, powered up mechanics to make... Rangers shoot further or yeah. something like that, but it's it's pretty drag and drop, pretty Sounds basic. Kinda, yeah.
1: You know, there there was one tower defense game that I I did really like that was actually in a humble bundle. Uh it was Sanctum. Have you ever tried Sanctum? I
0: love Sanctum. It's such a
1: cool little game. I mean That's, that's a good that's a good example of a good tower defense game. The
0: only good tower defense is Dungeon Defenders.
1: Really? <laughs> I, I I'm not as big of a fan of that
0: game. I love Dungeon Defenders. I put like four hundred hours in on that game. I respect that.
1: Like it's I respect that it's a good game. I know that it's good, but I just don't like the way that it
0: feels for it, some reason. Oh, and you can min-max so easy in that game. You can. <laughs> but I just don't like how it feels. That's mm-hmm. just me. I don't know.
1: It doesn't have good game feel to me. It just does like too. <laughs> swish, swish, swishy, it's very swishy. flowy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's I, I did play like a good forty hours of it though, so it's a fun game.
0: But yeah, that's it's Anyway. Warstone's you know, alright. Yeah, Warstone, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't really recommend it. I I mean, if you like games that are pretty light, uh, tower defense games, then... You
1: want some light, light kind of uh, appetizer?
0: You know, light, light tower defense that preaches classist ideology unintentionally, like, go for it. Sign me the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, uh, there, there are much better calls in this bundle.
1: Alright, well. Uh, speaking of much better, the next up is probably my favorite game of the bundle. It is a game called The Hex. Uh, it's a game uh, by a Newgrounds developer actually, uh, by the name of Daniel Mullins. This one I'm gonna be doing entirely off of my notes because uh, I actually have not told Johnny anything about this.
0: He's we... been waiting. He wants the live raw reaction.
1: Yeah, there is a lot of crazy shit, and I'm gonna be spoiling some stuff about this game. So if you want to play this game, if you have any interest in uh, what I'm about to describe, I'm, I'll tell you when I get to a spoiler warning. Then uh, I will let you know.
0: You well, do you want to do, the like, a, a quick, like, cliff <SSSSSs>. <SSSSs. I'm gonna, notes? <Ss>, I'm going to do a cliff notes right now. Okay. <Ss>,
1: so, uh, the game starts out, and it's sort of like this uh, clue-esque mystery where there's a whole bunch of different video game protagonists around from different genres of video games. And um, th- you're told by the bartender that tonight, one character is going to kill someone else tonight. And that's the hook. From there, you go playing as each individual character and actually exploring their games. My friend sent me a message uh, when I was playing this, and uh, he asked me what kind of game I was playing, and jokingly, I responded, everything. This is an everything game, because <laughs> let me describe the the flow of this, and I'm, this, oh, is this a spoiler? I don't know. It might be a spoiler. It's... I'm just going to say it. You go from a platformer to a fighting game to a cooking game to a, a RPG to an FPS to a walking slash coding simulator. And it's all... And there's also an apocalyptic, like, XCOM <laughs> thing in there, too. Like, <laughs> I, I'm forgetting shit. And, like, and it mixes on top of each other. Like Like, one concept will, like, mix with another concept in certain points. And, um... And he's just absolutely fascinating in that aspect. Uh, but if that is of any interest to you, so a mystery game with all of these different elements, it's very metatextual and about video games. And also, if you're a fan of this developer's previous game called Pony Island, uh, if you've ever heard about that, this is a very trippy game uh, about being like trapped in a video game. And you can't escape, and you're trapped by like a demonic AI. And you're sort of kept there uh, sadistically to sort of keep playing the game. And you're kind of trying to break ways, find ways that you can break the code and escape the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is also just kind of like funny and just like weirdly, it's almost like a horror game. Like if, if you were high enough and playing it late enough at night and like you, if you were not told what, the, what it was, you, you'd probably be pretty fucked <laughs> <scared>. up. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I think we're going to
0: get to the spoiler portion of the Hex now. Well, do you want to give a, a quick like. Oh, yeah. Like, like philosophically, like what is, what is this game? No. Okay.
1: I have to. I, no, I can't. Okay. I have to get into the spoilers. Let's do it then. So Spoiler alert. The game is called The Hex. It's called The Hex because at the very end of the game, are you ready? <laughs> the Hex is the player putting their hand as the final sigil for all of the characters, putting the, like all of the different video game characters, put their hands on the sigil, And you send them into the real world as the final thing to complete the hex so that they can kill the person who made them.
0: Oh, shit. Okay.
1: (laughs) And the whole game is leading up to that point. Yeah. And it's building up and making you realize why they want to do this. So the first game that you play is Super Weasel Kid. (laughs) And it's this, like, ripoff of Sonic the Hedgehog with, like, Mario physics where you can do, like, one, two, triple jump. Yeah. Uh, but the, the interesting thing is that any time you play a Super Weasel Kid, even if it's in, like, a first-person perspective, it still jumps like Super Weasel Kid. Holy shit. You know, and it keeps the mechanics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but in the very first game, you sort of, like, play this, like, idyllic platformer. Uh, you can't even die in it. Like, literally, any time that you try to jump on a spike, like, think, like fluffy clouds just, like, go on top <laughs> of it and, like, prevent you from dying. <laughs> and then the second game comes out, and uh oh no actually first off there are steam reviews just there present that you can walk on as platforms
0: oh jesus and the steam
1: reviews are made up of people on your friends list <laughs> like you were there i have a i have a <laughs> screenshot of, of you reviewing Super Weasel Kid.
0: That's so good. And so
1: the second game comes out and it's it's super like Roadrunner Kid or whatever. And it, it, it gives the option to like do combat with the Goombas instead of just jumping on them. <laughs> and it's like a little bit more violent and you do die when you hit the spikes. But then it pops up a negative review. <gasps> a negative review. <gasps> but there's still positive reviews. It's still okay. But every time a negative review comes up, it's like... <gasps> and then positive it's kind of out and of and positive place. reviews and positive reviews and-, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> and then you get to the third game and it's nothing but negative reviews oh shit and it's an unfinished mess of a game and after that you get sent to like sp- like spiraling into like this depression cuz like the thing that sort of sends you into that um that sort of flashback is the the weasel kid falling through a floor, and he's, like, falling. And so, like, that is, like, metaphorical for, like, his his fall of, in the industry. Sort of like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And, like, the, his fall in the industry. <laughs> and it's, like, this weird metatextual... Like, even just that much, it's, like, so... F- Damn. <laughs> of, like, would Sonic the Hedgehog want to kill the person who made him?
0: Knowing where he's at now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Probably. right? Wouldn't you
1: want to... <laughs> With the the crazy shit that he he's fucking been through and like he constantly has to change to be cool for the cool kids and doing the floss and whatever they're fucking forcing him to do. Like and there's just like this sort of existentialism to it. He has
0: no identity. Like
1: they they have no identity and they have no control over their destiny. Yeah. They are doing what they are programmed to do. And they want to be released from that. (laughs) So then after that you go into a fighting game. And the protagonist of this game wants to be a cooking game. Like, he's from a cooking game, but you find out later that, like, uh, apparently they bought the rights for the cooking game character to use in a fighting game. It's like (laughs)
0: Banjo-Kazooie being in Smash.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you learn all of this, by the way, through the very last game called Walk, which is like a walking simulator, Mm -hmm. where you learn the experience of this game dev. And it's his final game, and it's him telling the story of him making all the other games. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking bizarre and the craziest thing about that last part i'm kind of jumping around a little bit but there's codes that you can learn in walk that are just like on the walls and shit that are programmer codes like if you press shift alt something during the game you can like kill an entity
0: holy shit or like
1: spawn uh, like duplicate it wow and you can do that at any point in the game
0: so you can go back after knowing the codes. Yes, and then you can, and then
1: there's this part early on in the game where there's this, uh, like in Pony Island, there's this AI that's like sadomasochistic and like wants to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And there's this part where you encounter it for the very first time and you can do nothing against it. It's completely overpowering you. But in that moment, if you know the code and you go back to that, then you can kill it. Or you can spawn two of it and make it fight each other and then it dies.
0: Holy shit.
1: And you get like achievements for it.
0: That's so good.
1: <laughs> it's genius. Yeah. It's like so fucking it's
0: cool. Just this absurd like meta commentary on like video games and the yeah. industry and
1: Yeah, and each time a new element gets introduced, like in the JRPG part of it, eventually once you lose your magic, you're forced to use your fighting game mechanics and you're forced to fight with your fists That's in the so same way good. that you learned to earlier. And it's like God, (laughs) And none of it stays for like more than a couple of minutes. It feels like it's constantly changing. I could never get a read on what this game was because it constantly changed until it only took like six hours to beat. Did you you hear how much this game is?
0: So, so (laughs) getting, getting real buck wild here, right? With the philosophical ties of this game and like what it could mean. It's, it's almost like not just commentary on video games, but like, society and the way it's always changing and how we decide and how we develop who we are to fit into society
1: and just the existentialism of of like what of the economic pressures so like for example the the uh, the, there's like this XCOM like game that uh, you play eventually that is set in the post-apocalypse sort of like fallout yeah and um it's really interesting because at a certain point in the game the developer runs out of money and they stop, they, they, like, stop developing it. Oh, shit. And then modders come in. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start breaking the game. And then adding codes like infinite damage, infinite range, infinite uh, movement, place mines wherever you walk. And so, like, the optimal thing to do is to, like, uh, do infinite movement, infinite uh, mines, and then walk around. Yeah. And then switch, and then you can do, switch back automatically without changing the turn. It, it's just, like, you just can only have two at a time out of, like, these massive list of, like, cheat codes. <laughs> and so you can just, like, ma- massively wipe entire, like, screens of enemies. That's so good. And it's just explaining how, like, the game balance of a game is broken when the person who originally designed it is no longer there to sort of shepherd the balance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 That's so good. Gu- so it's, like, th- th- there's there's all this commentary and, and discussion about, like, developing video games mm-hmm. and, and the work that goes into it and what it means to make good games yeah. versus, like... What it means to make bullshit and just churn out stuff for the masses.
1: And the player is a character in this story. Yeah, and, and that's it's enforced like, through the gameplay the entire time.
0: It's all wrapped up in this idea of like The player's
1: the final hex.
0: Yeah. You you're you're doing the same thing in your real life. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if you go to the game's Steam page, uh something
1: that really unsettled me after I realized it is that the characters in the Steam page are looking at you. Not at each other, directly at the player. Yep. And it creeped me the fuck out when I noticed it, because I didn't notice it before. To, before it was just, like, characters looking at whatever. Yeah. But then I realized, like, no, they have minds, they think, they... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it gave agency to them, like, like it, you weren't just a player controlling them, you were their friend helping them.
1: Not just a friend, I was the only, I was, like, a parasite to them. Like, I was the thing forcing them to do the, these awful things that but they were the doing. But in the end, you were the only thing that could but get them out like, of it. also the only thing that, Yeah. And, and, like, the only place where they're, like, actually able to have any kind of agency over their own life is this bar, this pub, which is sort of like this liminal space between games. mm mm-hmm. And that's where this whole thing takes place. And... God,
0: that's so... That's such good, like uh yeah if if you really want to fucking tear that apart and what that means and like talk about that like oh like fucking that that that's so indicative of like culture these days and and the pursuit to feel individual and how we feel how a lot of people feel most at peace or most at home when they're under the influence of something like like you have to be at the bar to feel okay to feel yourself to feel yeah yeah like you can be you
1: there's just so many other things that are really cool about this game. Like in the JRPG segment, there's this meta commentary about a person streaming the game that was a really popular streamer and he didn't like it and that's why the game failed. And so because of that, when you're playing the game for the first time, for some reason, Twitch chat just fucking pops up on the side. Whenever you get like a crit or like whenever there's like a choice to be made and everybody's like, yo, 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 help, 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 no, turn up the crit, turn up the crit. (laughs)
0: That's so good.
1: And it's just such a fucking beautiful little meta commentary using, and like the people, it freaked me the fuck out because it's like also invasive of your privacy. Yeah. Because they take your friends list people and they throw them on the side. (laughs) And they have them commenting on your game like they're fucking watching you. <laughs> and just this whole idea of being watched and, like, the, the meta commentary of that.
0: Yeah, well, that's, like, like you, you are the character. You are, like, you are the one being observed and watched in your own life by all your friends, by all your peers, by, like, that's so interesting. And the
1: most fascinating thing that I found out about this game after, and I sent you a link about it. I don't know if you read it, but there's... <laughs> an ending to the game that came out a year before this game was released in a different (laughs) video game. That's just a fishing simulator by a character that's mentioned in this game as a character who's vindictive against the main character who's the main programmer.
0: That's so good.
1: So like the, the, the vindictive character made their own game and it's like this fishing simulator, but if you input a code at the end, then like, you just get this, like, walking simulator that, like, reveals a true ending to the game.
0: Damn. That was
1: released a year before all the other shit. And it was there the whole time.
0: Like, it was so far up. Yeah, that was planned so far ahead. Daniel Mullen. That's so smart. I fucking
1: love that guy. Because all of his games are like this. Yeah. They're all, like, these brilliant meta commentaries about the nature of existentialism and being, uh, being. Yeah. Like, (laughs) having agency in your own life. And
0: being an individual. And, like, Taking back the choices, kind of.
1: Yeah. So I fucking love that game. I don't know if there's more that I can talk about it. <sighs> I wish I had I mean, done that one. I can probably, like, honestly, it's $10, dude. Like, if it goes on sale, you should just get it. I
0: will, absolutely.
1: Like, it's that good. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, is it worth it? Uh, <laughs> No. No, I don't think so. Nah. No. Okay. No. it's kind of garbage. We'll pass on that one then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Oh, and also the soundtracks for it are actually divided on Steam based on the five different games that are played. Oh, damn. So
0: I thought that was really cute. That's really cute. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Yeah. It's hard to follow (laughs) that.
1: that. that, I know that there was a
0: lot there. Because there's a lot. Yeah. We were just kind of exploring that one together just now. I I was just gushing, man. Because I just, (laughs) this game is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so next we have Book of Demons, which is a <laughs> roguelike by thing trunk. Uh if you enjoy roguelikes, you'll like this game. Really? Are you sure? It's a real loose like.
1: That that sounds very skeptical.
0: I mean there hasn't been a good roguelike that's come out in ages, though. Hmm. Dead Cells? Dead Cells is okay. Is that a roguelike? Dead Cells is great. Yeah, it's a roguelike. Yeah. But that was still like Two years ago? It's been so fucking long.
1: I feel like the thing is is that all the roguelikes are just now coming out on Switch. Like yeah. all like Rogue Legacy but it's and such
0: like, a great roguelike get con- like console.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. You just pick up and play.
0: But it's all the same games just it's being re released. Yeah.
1: I've already played most
0: of them. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's a it's a roguelike. It's got it's got a lot going on in, like, the gameplay. There's a lot of, like, ideas they were playing with. Mm. Um, there's, like, there's a deck building aspect. There's a super hot mode, <laughs> <laughs> which is so weird to say. It's buckwild. wild. It's buck wild. Uh, You know, it's a roguelike. There's, uh, um, like, upgrade trees and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of, like, interesting mechanics. But the overall game loop is very boring. It's just clicking on enemies, which isn't yeah. the most engaging thing in the world.
1: That kind of sucks because it sounds like there's just a lot going mm-hmm. on here. And not not to say that it's like a a bit of like a like a spaghetti or anything, but
0: No, like I think all the elements mesh really well together. Yeah. And if the core gameplay had been a little more interactive, it would have been stellar. Right. But it's it's really like you click to move and you click to attack things. Mm-hmm. So it's just a clicking game. I like, like the aesthetic of it. The aesthetic is great. It's got this great like uh, papercraft? Victorian papercraft yeah. kind of feel. Oh. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. But yeah, it, it, in the end, you're just playing cookie clicker with a couple extra buttons. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there you go, I guess. Uh, but hey, it if is. You like it's... cookie clicker. It's, it is it uh, is another game, though, about rebuilding society, and it's this sort of, like, post-apocalyptic, the world is in ruins, you have to, like, go through the church to dig through to hell to kill the devil, mm. uh, it, it's really interesting, there's a lot of ideas and talk about religion and magic and stuff, there's uh an ageist old asshole who thinks he's better than everyone because he's lived for so long um (laughs) oh isn't that fun isn't that great experience (laughs) it makes us bet the best i guess and maybe a little bit narcissistic a little bit (laughs) maybe (laughs) Uh, but it doesn't it make us narcissistic to point out the flaws of it and think that it's
1: Probably. Incorrect. I mean, like, there's a narcissism to a lot of things if you really think about it. Yeah,
0: I mean, let's be real. We all, I mean. We're we're all narcissists. Yeah. In some way. I'd stare at myself in a pond for hours.
1: i definitely look at myself in the mirror. Not, like, very long, because I don't, like, love it, but I do kind of, like, glance at it, like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Every every once in a while, I'm like, oh, fuck me. Oh, that's
0: like a good beard. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's, it's post-apocalyptic. Uh, it's 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 another idea of rebuilding society, but there's much less agency and actual rebuilding of society. It's more of like this is the world we're stuck in. Let's go out and try to get rid of the evil that's in it. Uh, so that's that's kind of the gist of it. It's 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 all right if you like. I I mean I can't even like I I can't think of any like the the storytelling and and what it's saying and doing isn't
1: Is it like Dominion or like something else like cuz like what what kind of a deck building game is this? Like like how, what would really
0: engage somebody to this? <sighs> and that's that's what I'm trying to figure out and and I think I I just I, I don't think it does any one thing good enough that I would recommend it over something like hmm. if you want to play a deck building roguelike play slay the spire it's hmm. it's so much better. Hmm. If you want to play a like a post- apocalyptic game that's talking about rebuilding society and the struggles of like magic and religion, go play frostpunk like hmm. that that that's a much better game for that sort of like cultural ideology and the gameplay just wasn't engaging enough to really. Shine. Shine, yeah.
1: Yeah. I got you. That's fair. And
0: and it, but it it had, like, I, I, no, I know the kind of person who should play this game. If you really like the idea of game design and want to see how you can put tools together to do something, Hmm. if if you're interested in that sort of aspect of the video game and less, like, if you don't care about the story or the actual gameplay, but you want to see how people can implement tools from other things. I would say definitely check this game out because it's a
1: very creative use of the different implementations. Exactly.
0: And there, there there there's a ton I could talk about this game. There's like it's got a a sliding scale of how much time you want to spend doing the dungeons. Mm. So and and it judges like it learns how much time you're spending doing it and so it can recommend like if you want a 20-minute session play play this length. If you want a 40-minute session play this length. So it it's got like it's got, it's got, like, learning behavior, it's got, you know, deck building aspects, it's got roguelike aspects, it's got a fucking super hot mode, as I said, which <laughs> is just so weird, I don't know why it got included, I don't think these developers had anything to do with super hot, but, but just the idea of, like, we want a super hot mode, so we're gonna add a super hot mode, which, if, if that makes no sense to you, what it means is time only moves when you move in yeah. the game.
1: <laughs> Which I mean, that is a cool concept, but it's also just kind of like uh, it feels like feature creep a little.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's but it, but all the elements blend really well together, so it doesn't actually feel like feature creep. It, okay. Yeah. Cool. It 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 all works really well and meshes well together. So if you're interested in in how
1: knowing go together.
0: Yeah, knowing how you can stick things together in that sort of game design aspect, then definitely check this game out for that. But. Other than that, I I can't recommend it, really. (laughs) (laughs) Fair.
1: We got one last game on our list here, and it is Project Warlock. This is a game that I played by Buckshot Software. Uh, This is a game really built uh, from the ground up for old-school FPS fans, stuff like Doom, Shadow Warrior, especially like Wolfenstein 3D with the kind of level layout. Uh, Also, I would probably add to that, like Serious Sam, stuff like that, Uh, because it even references a lot of these games. Mm in the sort of like little easter eggs that you can find. Uh, It's very much about like these long, very intricate, complex uh, maze crawls where you have to defeat all the different enemies uh, and then find your way to the exit. Uh, The thing about this game is that it has a Contra-like life system. I say Contra-like and not roguelike because nothing really changes when you die other than that you have to do it over again. Uh, But you do have a life system and you can get more lives by finding uh, secrets uh, there are secret areas hidden. You just have to press space along, like, every goddamn wall until you figure out, like, what the pattern is on the wall that's different that you have to click every time. <laughs> and also there are, like, a couple of breakable walls that you have to smack open. Uh, but once you start, like, seeing where those are, I actually found myself finding a lot of them pretty quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. Especially when you play it more than once. The more times that you play a level, I feel like the easier it is to find all the different secrets. But it's also really easy to get lost because... I, the art style for this is is really cool. It's got this like two D and three D kind of aesthetic, very much like the original Doom, where things like kind of face you wherever you're moving. Um, and I don't think that's actually a problem. I think it actually really works for the game. I, I actually really enjoyed it, and I felt like the the combat, like the the sounds especially, were very crunchy mm-hmm. and uh, very satisfying. And like all of the different guns that I played with, I really enjoyed, and I found that they were all pretty much useful. Like, I never found myself not particularly using a gun.
0: That's uh, interesting. I always run into the issue of, like, yeah, I, you throw away your pistol after you get a shotgun and never use it again.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing is that it, it, you get upgrades to those weapons later on, which is why they are not quite as irrelevant. Although I will say it seems like some of the upgrades are just kind of better than the others, and there's only binary choices. Like, you get one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, And the one that I got, for example, for, like, the regular shotgun as opposed to the combat shotgun was giving it an auto shotgun, so that uh, it doesn't have to be reloaded every time, and it can just boom, 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 boom. And that made it, like, so much better in terms of, like, clearing out rooms. And there's also no reloading at all. Like, for any weapon. Damn. It, besides, like, you know, of course, the double shotgun, which has to have, like, that, to have, like, you know, to feel like a double shotgun. Yeah. But, like, none of the weapons have any reloading whatsoever. It's literally, like, you pick up ammo, and it just keeps getting fed into your infinite, like, chain of bullets. <laughs> you can find... uh weapons that are late game really early on in some of the secret areas if you know where to look i found like an rpg and a super shotgun and a couple other items like that in like early areas uh just from finding different secrets each area is very unique uh the first area is like this sort of medieval looking area and i kind of got a little tired of it uh but then i realized that like literally each like world that you go to is like actually very different and has different enemies and like uh, it really shakes things up a lot, actually. I will say the bosses I wasn't super impressed with, but I did play on casual uh, because I was getting my ass kicked on normal <laughs> and I needed to complete the game, Uh, which, honestly, I would recommend playing on casual just in general because it was a pretty hard game. And uh, if you play on casual, you can unlock all the stages and then practice them on harder difficulties. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where uh people will be able to, like, get the higher achievements and stuff there about that life. Um, you're kind of like this entity of destruction very much like doom guy just going into every level destroying everything there's not much story there's like a little bit at the end of a level it kind of the the only real story is that you kind of start off like a savior and then you kind of end like a guy who saved people by killing a lot of people which i mean you did (laughs) (laughs) you're just a a lot scarier version of the same guy you were at the beginning Yep. (laughs) so yeah i I think it's really worth playing uh if you're a fan of these kind of old school shooters uh i definitely enjoyed my time with it i thoroughly enjoyed it and i think i might actually finish the last couple of worlds uh at some point i don't know if i'll do it soon uh just because i did play a lot of it just the time that i had but uh it's definitely the kind of game that it's really fun to just like pick up and play a lot of and then just like put down for a minute. Mhm. All right. I think that I think that concludes it. it. That's like crazy. This that's is the all first of it. one. That's all We this got is, through them all. This is like history, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's uh closing thoughts here. Uh
1: yeah, so one of the things that we're going to do at the end of most of these shows is we're going to give our like top game of the month, the game that we think uh had the most artistic value or that we, we would recommend people uh, pick up the most. Yeah. Uh, and my personal recommendation would be The Hex. Uh, you probably already know that. I'm so gushy about it. It's so <laughs> cool, man. It's like, when, when I was playing it, I was like, oh man, this is the reason why this show is gonna rock. Like this is mm-hmm. not why it's gonna rock. I don't know how it's gonna do, but it, it's just the reason why I really wanted to do the show <laughs> like, in the first place. Cause it was like, oh, I want to tell people about this. This is so cool. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, yeah. That, uh, mine, like mine would be. I said I was gonna decide by the time we got here. Yeah,
1: the the one you had written down was either Frostpunk or you were kind of convinced of Underhero. Yeah,
0: I I didn't actually play much Underhero, but in our talk about it, we really um, enjoyed the talk. God, I love me a good working class story, and I, and that's I, what Underhero I, is. It's like, yeah, it it is it is like. It's just a worker out there fighting for what he wants, yeah. <laughs> and trying to make his way in a capitalist society, and like it's cute, it's fun, it's cute, it's fun, it's charming, it's great satire. Everything a game should be. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think I'm gonna go with Underhero. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love that.
1: I, you know I wasn't expecting that actually I didn't know I, I had no idea what Underhero was gonna be like before we played it. Yeah, me It It's it
0: kind of charming, but I really had no idea what to expect from the writing. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and that's I, I think that's really. But the writing was good. It's a really interesting take, yeah, and and bringing that sort of story of, like, we're all just out here trying to get our dollar. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: straight up. I I was surprised at how much of a, a statement it made about, like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just having shitty bosses I don't know if that's a statement <laughs> just a... <laughs> or just an observation <laughs> just an observation yeah. about the fucking world that we live in <laughs> just like hey guys look at this
0: popcorn right? am I right I'll be surprised if you don't go back to that union meeting and find them all dead oh my
1: god that, you know I'm like I have only done like the first world Yeah. I, I imagine like after the third
0: world maybe shit starts going south yeah dude yeah, uh, yeah so uh... is there anything else so. I think we figured we'd talk about Some what games. other games we're playing right now. Uh, mm. Not a lot. I'm playing Escape from Tarkov. Mm. Real great. That's it's uh cool. It's a survival. like It's like the Dark Zone in Division, but a standalone game. Hmm. I have been playing a
1: lot of Smash Bros because that's all that I've really had time to play, like backstage working on a show. Although that being said, I've almost completed all of the challenges, which impresses me at the very least. <laughs> I don't know that it impresses anyone else. Um... And also, I played a little bit of heavily modded Left 4 Dead 2, which is always a very fun time. Always a good time. I love modding that game. I want to shoot spaghetti from some Uzis. Oh, my God. Get some Xenomorphs on there with green blood. (laughs) Maybe rainbow blood just to shake things Make everyone look like Bernie Sanders. I bet that's a mod. (laughs) It has to be a mod, dude. Like, just for, like, the infected, like, the general infected. Yeah. <laughs> and like as they as they charge for you, maybe you can like replace the sound effect with like that like
0: I'm asking for your
1: contribution to my campaign. Or like, <laughs> or, like whatever
0: that meme is. Yo, there is there is an eight and a half hour long Bernie Sanders filibuster to lo-fi beats, and it is the what? greatest thing in the world. You gotta link me. I absolutely will. We'll put it in our podcast description for anyone uh, interested in in some Bernie Sanders propaganda. That's
1: amazing. <laughs> I love that.
0: It's so good. I listen to it while I'm studying now
1: fuck yeah. Oh, and also, just because we're not owned by the Humble Bundle and we can, we're going to tell you about other free games that you can get real quick. Yeah. Uh, on the Epic Game Store. Oh! <gasps> I said it that the the one that some people don't like but I mean you get free fucking games
0: every week But so free like, is free and what can you do in this economy? Sir, it's a gig economy, bro. Just take what you can yeah, get. Yeah, if we got to support evil corporations in order to get a little bit of that free
1: free, then Not let's even do it. You're supporting them. You just have it on your system.
0: Hey, they're getting your data still. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, you know, I got you know, I got to value my data
1: more. That's true. I got to think about that. You know,
0: there's no value in it anymore at this point. Everyone has it. Yeah. The only way you're getting your data back is to just, like, live in a cave. You want it? Oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it in a cave. My skin is no too game. dry. Oh, I need a humidifier lotion. Lotion. <laughs> it just puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> or else it gets the flakes again. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Epic Game oh, Store, though.
1: And, and uh, it has a game It's free right now. Uh, I don't know if it will be by the time that we release this, but who knows? Uh, it's called Inner Space... Uh, And it's kind of like a space exploration game. Haven't played it. Seems cool. And uh, next week, for uh, the week between March 5th and 12th, they're going to be releasing Goner and Offworld Trading Company for free. So make sure to pick those games up if you want some free video games. Hell yeah. All right.
0: That's what we got. Yeah, that's it. Do we need a sign off? Do we? Should we just kind of vamp and figure it out? Maybe we'll find one in the next few episodes. Maybe we'll find one. Maybe we'll find one. Maybe it'll just be music. And that's the bourgeoisie. <laughs> I don't think that's it.